This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into the Alana Enquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner, Alana Enquirer publisher here with you. And let's break down a 91-88 to 88 loss for Illinois. It didn't even feel that close uh, in the second half, but Illinois makes a little bit of a late rally. But a lot of free throws made for Rutgers in this game as Rutgers gets to the free throw line 36 times, only made 25 of them. That, that's still a lot of extra points uh, that Rutgers was able to get in this game. Ron Harper goes off in the second half. And Illinois still hasn't notched back-to-back high major victories in the season. Derek Piper joining me. Derek, initial thoughts uh, on that loss on the road. Uh, it's always tough in the Big Ten, and we know that Rutgers team is pretty good, but what would you think? Rutgers is a really good team. Like you said, Ron Harper Jr. is playing at a pretty insane level as far as his catch-and-shoot ability. He's near automatic right now from three, and uh, Illinois let him get loose in the second half. Uh, didn't like some of those looks that he was allowed to get, the zone was was not a good look. But look, Brad was was searching at that point in time to, to try to get something to work defensively. Uh, Jacob Young was a problem, and we knew that going in just because he's playing at a really high level to being able to break down the defense. He's really, really quick. And uh, when he's able to get by his guy, which I thought Trent Fraser checked him well at times. Um, I mean, you're not going to be able to just completely shut him down like you did uh, Marcus Carr, but uh, he, he was able to create some things. And it was just disappointing in the second half the way that Rutgers really just out-battled you, out-toughed out you, uh, was able to get some offensive rebounds. Uh, a lot of people are going to talk about the free throws, which that's something uh, that obviously uh, determined the was, – was a big determinant in the game. But uh, I think that was just factored into the fact that uh, Rutgers was a more physical ball club and uh, took it to you really on the glass. And I thought it only looked really good the first – 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes of the game and uh, had an 11-point lead and, and felt like it was, you know, it was four at halftime. It felt like it could have been more. Uh, they had a really good start, but not able to sustain it over the course of the game. And uh, you want to be able to win some of those tough, rugged battles. I know Brad really prides himself on that, and, and they want to be one of the toughest teams in the Big Ten. And to lose like that to Rutgers and to have Missouri kind of do some of the similar things, it's disappointing. Yeah, Derek, and uh, you know the fouls. I I know we can sit here and, and go on refs, but when when you see a trend like this, right? I mean, Missouri and this game are looking pretty similar, and Illinois is just a team that fouls a lot, and it, it was a team that fouled a lot the first couple of years because of the style of defense. Last year they helped that; they didn't give up as many free throws. Um, but today, 
Trent Frazier, five fouls. And I know they're fouling late, so some of these numbers are higher. But this happened early in the game, too. Io, four fouls. DeMonte fouled out. Adam Miller had four fouls. Andre Curbelo with five fouls before they were even um, trying to get Rutgers the free throw line to extend the game. Uh, these are guards. I mean, Kofi had one foul. Georgie had two. Those are guys you usually expect to get in foul trouble. Why do you think they're fouling so much? Like, what, what, is, what is the defensive deficiency they have? It's a great question. I, I know that at times when you're you're getting beat off the dribble, it, it is a tendency to, to put your hands out there and, and, and uh, get caught up in, in some of those cheap fouls. And I know Brad said after the Missouri game that it was just uh, undisciplined and, and some things that you're reaching when you're when you're beat, uh, and that can't happen. And you're fouling away from the basket or um, even fouling guys that are off the ball. So th- th- those are issues. You look back at the Missouri game. A lot of those same guards had four fouls, uh, and, and so it's it, normally you would think foul issues. You think Kofi on the bench for you know a, a long stretch of time, where maybe he's he's giving some up or Georgie, but yeah, it's it's on the perimeter. It's something that's got to get cleaned up, and, and you're going to face a lot of really good perimeter players in this league, and uh, just those guys got to be able to to avoid putting a guy like Harper on the line. Uh, Jacob Young shot eight free throws. Mathis shot seven. So these are these are Rutgers guards that are getting to the to the line. Um, okay, he is well, and, and we can we can talk uh, about him. But uh, you know what? You yeah, might not yeah. like him as an Illini fan, but I think Illinois was missing that kind of guy today, right? Like you're missing your Lucas Johnson out there. That's what that guy was doing, and he was the instigator. I think he roped Demonte into that that foul and. Listen, I, I don't know if that was a uh, flagrant one, but um, by the rule, I think the refs might have called it right. I mean, we didn't get a real good replay of it. Um, and, and Rutgers had a few flops in that game, but I think they were working it. And uh, uh, I got to give credit to that kid. He's annoying, man, but uh, in a Rutgers way, really positively. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, when he gives you eight points and seven rebounds, a lot of effort plays, hustle plays made an impact on the game and to get into Monte's head uh, I to comment on uh, you know the flagrant foul I, I don't know it, it was it was to the the box that was towards the towards the neck towards the the, the facial area um, no touching of the hair or face if we're going Ron Burgundy style maybe that's the rule uh, but I, I don't know if yeah that I mean should have been a flagrant one and that was a game changer right like I, I don't know if Illinois still would have gotten enough stops um, but to score six points on one possession, uh, that, that was just a game because it felt like it was getting into that slugfest, right? Because it was a fast-paced game in the first half, and then all of a sudden it bogged down into what I thought that game would be, which was just this slugfest, and I will give a lot of credit to Rutgers and, and Steve Peichel and his culture, right? I think that won out over Brad Underwood and his culture today. Not that Brad isn't a good coach and that he doesn't have a good culture, but I think you saw – an older team for the most part, Illinois freshmen didn't play very well. And, and you saw, I think the tougher team at home today and, and that happens. It's going to happen in big 10 play. It's going to happen to other really good teams. Uh, but I know for Brad, if you, if you want to compete for championships, Derek, you got to bring it every night. And, and Rutgers was the tougher team. They were absolutely. And I, we can talk about how tough it is to win at the rack. And I think that still applies um, without fans. It's totally different, but they've only lost in that building once since the start of last season. Uh, so it's tough to win on the road, uh, but in, in terms of uh, road going into this game, that it, it kind of takes shape of the Big Ten title chase. If Illinois is able to steal that one, especially with their schedule going forward, that would have given them a chance to really go on a run. But uh, to your point, it's about consistency. It's about being able to bring it every night. And 
Um, yeah, I think that with the way this game turned out, with the way Missouri turned out, um, you're going to have Brad Challenge's team. How tough are you guys actually are? You know, if we want to talk about being one of the toughest teams in the Big Ten, we got to be able to win some of these physical battles. And uh, Rutgers has built that. That's what they're that's what they're about. I, I think that both teams have some of those same characteristics. Who they want to be. Um, you know, this wasn't a defensive battle. I think both teams would would like to be a little bit better defensively when you look at how many points are scored in this game. But uh, both want to be able to win those those bare knuckle brawls and and those dog fights that happened in the Big Ten. And uh, Rutgers was a tougher team, and and they they bloodied Illinois' mouth in the second half. So we'll get more into the, maybe some intricacies here in a second. You know, Adam Miller's had some struggles against high major opponents, and uh, I think Io was probably the, the second or third best player on the court today. Um, you know, Ron Harper's playing like an All-American right now. But I think, for Derek, a lot of people at 5-3, and three, this is not living up to expectations. I think a lot of us thought they should be at least 6-2, and two, possibly 7-1 and one, uh, at this point. So at, with 2-3 and three record against high major opponents, right, um, one win over a ranked team so far, and you've played four ranked teams, right? So it's not like these are bad losses and um, they're all on the road. But do we have to recalibrate after this, or is this just a, a game that on the road at Rutgers, it's a toss-up game and you ended up losing it? I think in terms of the Big Ten and, and how you're faring and what you're kind of expecting, this is uh, Rutgers is going to be in the conversation, top five in the league. They, they think that they have a chance to make a run uh, at the Big Ten title, and I think you look at the way Harper's playing and uh, the way Jacob Young has improved drastically from last year to this year, uh, they're going to have a chance, and they're tough. Can I interrupt time. you for a second? Because why did yeah. Geo Baker get all the preseason love of this team? Did anybody watch Rutgers last year? I think they just watched the Geo Baker like huge overtime or fourth quarters that he had, and they, they just missed the rest of these games that Ron Harper was by far their best player. I, that's a great point. <laughs> I know you've been beating that drum, and, and a lot of people have looked at that. Uh, I mean, Geo Baker's only shot 35% uh, in the Big Ten throughout his career. Only averaged around 10, 11 points last year. But, yeah, he, he was a, a big late-game shot maker and, and, and had some clutch moments for them last year. But Harper has, seen, has been the more productive player, and now it's not even close. And right now he's one of the best and one of the most efficient players uh, in college basketball. So, uh, but when you want to pair the way this one went, uh, as far as, again, some, being out physical, being out tough, when your coach sits in the, in the post game and, and talks about them, want, you know, Rutgers wanting it more, or, uh, got to, you know, they were embarrassed with the rebounding, got to figure out the fouling. Uh, those are some concerns for a team that I know they're playing freshmen, but they still have a veteran, a veteran nucleus and we expected uh, Jacob Grandison to be part of that. I know he didn't have experience in the big 10 and where he's at right now is, is pretty concerning. Um, yeah. I, I think overall in, in the season, I, am I recalibrating where Illinois can be? Maybe not too much. Cause I still think that there's a lot of growth potential for Curbelo. I thought playmaking wise, he was really, really good uh, for stretches in this game. He's got to be able to, to not foul and defense is going to be a concern for him. We knew that going into his freshman year, Miller's going to be up and down. I think that similar to IO, as we've seen similar to a lot of freshmen in this league, uh, as the season goes on, he will be more consistent. Uh, but this is a game where you, you play a really, you play a top 20 team on the road in the big 10 and his first big 10 road game. And he doesn't show up. Uh, it's happened before. Is it concerning? Yeah, it is. But 
Um, I, I wouldn't change too much about how I think what Illinois can be. I just think we, we got we, we talked a lot about early on and, and kind of you know making a run for Big Ten title, being a top ten team, all that. Uh, maybe we didn't put enough into the building process and yeah. some of the concerns and hurdles that this team would have to get go over. And right now we're starting to see that. Yeah, I think this is a top twenty team. I, I think this is a, a team that can contend for a Big Ten title. Uh, but I also think towards the end of it, Derek, this can be the team we expect, right? Like this can be a team that makes a, a late, uh, you know, March run. I, I think this can be a team that is going to be in the Big Ten title conversation, even if they're not playing consistently like it right now. But you see at Duke, you see against Minnesota. Now those, uh, I, I think Rutgers is probably better than those two teams. Missouri, Duke, maybe Duke wins that game. But Baylor, uh, I'm going to have them in the national championship game against Gonzaga, I think, because I think everybody will. Um but these are learning lessons. It's it's how how you deal with those lessons and how what you do learn from them. And and last year, Brad Underwood and his team learned from them, right? And they, and they strung a, a bunch of wins together. That's what they got to do here because this is a really winnable stretch of games. Um, Penn State on the road. It's a road game. Penn State's had some good wins. Had a couple of losses to high major opponents. Indiana's a tough team, and that that's where I'm interested to see if you can pick up the win against Penn State, and then you get in Indiana, a tough team that's going to try and make you foul and, and and you know really make it a, a dirty game. Um, that's going to be a key stretch. Purdue the same thing, but then you get Northwestern, Maryland, Nebraska. Like th- this is a stretch where you can really you really have to make hay if you're going to make a run at a Big Ten title. And then eventually you got to win some of these games uh, on the road. I didn't expect Illinois to go five and four on the road or six and three on the road. This is this is the Big Ten. I guess there's ten games on the road, but this is the Big Ten, right? And there's too many dang good teams uh, to be doing that. But if you would have stole this one, which I think it would have been a steal to get this one, even if you called it a toss up, like you would have felt like really good. Like you're all of a sudden already out in front a little bit as you start the race. Yeah, and Art, would you have reeled off a eight and zero start? That that would have been still tough to pull off because of the depth of the league. But again, the the way the schedule was setting up, you would have been in a pretty favorable position when things get really tough. You go on the road to Michigan State mid January. You have Iowa in that stretch, Wisconsin. Uh, so you want to build this up early on. And again, Rutgers is a they're a good team, and it's tough to go into their place and steal one. Uh, but now, in particular. Uh, just overall for your season, too, uh, in addition to the Big Ten standings, you, you lose the Missouri game. Uh, I'm with you. Baylor's one of the best in the country. Uh, but you you just want to continue to build that and, and win the games you're supposed to win. Uh, you need to go to Penn State. You need to win. They're, they were you know, picked in the, the bottom third of the league, mm-hmm. and uh, I know they played better than maybe some have, expect, have expected without Chambers there, without Stevens and Watkins. But – very, very winnable game. You should go in there and win. Indiana at home. Again, if you if you want to be in the top of the league, you got you to be able to win that game. So uh, it's being able to, like you said, take some of those learning lessons, being able to bounce back and not foul as much, not make some of the same mistakes, but also just be able to give the effort. And I think there are moments in the game where just handle adversity better. Yeah. Uh, because we saw that against Rucker or against Baylor where – you know, one stretch turned the game, flipped the game on its head. And Illinois was kind of struggling to hang because Iowa was struggling so much, but they were right there. And, and it was one one stretch that, that really turned it. Uh, same in this game, a 12-1 run in the, in the middle of the second half, and, and Illinois didn't really have that response. So 
uh, that's part of it, and, and that's part of being able to win the game. So uh, we saw this team in a lot of close games too last year. So I think they did a good job against Minnesota of handling their business. Uh, but also, if they go to Penn State and it's a tight one, got to execute, got to yeah. limit those mistakes and, and be able to close out a win. Yeah, haven't won a close game against a high major opponent. That, that's credit for them blowing out Duke in Minnesota. I'm not taking away credit for that. But yeah, they got to make these plays at the end of the game. And I think it was, it was mostly defensively, just get stops. E- even outside of the fouls, there was a stretch there where Rutgers had six straight made field goals in a row. You got to get stops if you're going to have a comeback or if you're going to win a game like this. All right, let's take a quick break. And I want to go quick hitters and some of these players. That's next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. One positive, Derek. Uh, Trent Frazier, 19 points, three of six uh, from three. He's shooting it really well, uh, mostly this season. It, it really just seems to depend on, um, you know, how many shots he gets up. But I think he's shooting what 50% from three um, so far this season. Let me double check that. Um, yeah, he's shooting 48.6% from three for the season, and just shooting in general. Demonte Williams continues uh, his tear from three. He's now 14 of 20 from three this year he's third best can i can i just say that in a sentence demonte williams is the third best three-point shooter in the country right now Derek. <laughs> what that's crazy <laughs> it's, that is unbelievable nuts. uh the was one for two but it was it was those two frazier and williams um you know those guys I, offensively Derek, i'm really encouraged by this team. I think he's one of the best offensive teams in the country right now. Seventh in the Ken Palm, second in three point percentage, third in effective field goal percentage. Uh, it's almost like this is the Iowa right now. Like that, that's what they are. I thought they'd be better defensively, but offensively, I'm really encouraged. That's a good call. And you do want to be able to differentiate the fact that, uh, you know, we talked about who could win the Big Ten title and the argument for Illinois was, was their defense, and they got to be able to to get more stops. But, yeah, offensively, when they have it going, especially when they can play inside out, I think that that kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with the three-point shooting because the three-point shooting spaces the floor, allows Kofi to operate. Uh, but also when they work the ball inside and, and, and force teams to collapse, he can kick it out, and uh, there are more opportunities on the perimeter. So uh, you go 9 of 15 from three, you shoot 54% from the field overall. Kofi has 17 and 12, and uh, you're feeling pretty good. You would have probably said you don't think Rutgers can score 91. You'd think he won the game. Um, I I like the way Frazier's playing. I thought he the shots he took today were good ones. Uh, he he didn't force he didn't force anything in my opinion. I know he had four turnovers, but uh, 19 points, five assists. Uh, you need that. And, and your record, you know, since the start of last year, now it's 
it's 11 and five when, when Frazier scores in double figures, but that, that just kind of shows yeah. you that when he's able to be that supplementary score, that really puts you in a good position. Demonte can't say enough about him as a catch and shoot threat. And that's just, that's what you expect. It's what you need. Uh, would have liked to have more than two rebounds out yeah. of him, but uh, just the, the addition of that shooter uh, that you can kick it out to on a penetrating drive or a Kofi kick out, uh, that, that really elevates the ceiling for this team offensively. Uh, DeMonte was a plus nine uh, in the plus minus today. Desumu was really the only other regular that was a positive. He was one. Uh, and then you had Coleman Hawkins and Jacob Grandison who were positives, but they barely played. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they're better. And when he got in foul trouble, that's when Ron Harper started going off. Uh, but I do think you give up some, right? I mean, the four position, you just got crushed on the glass. Uh, George only had four rebounds today. DeMonte only two. And that felt like Derek where they really got exploited. And, and to get 10 offensive rebounds, that led to a lot of free throws. Didn't lead to a lot of direct points, but it just led to more possessions where you didn't have a chance to cut in the lead. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, the, the formula, at least in this game and, and at times – when DeMonte's maybe not rebounding at the level that you would like or if he's matched up against a bigger four is if you can put a body or two on Kofi, uh, then you can limit some of Illinois' opportunities there. And that was really the key in the second half. I thought that Heichel maybe was going to make the switch too late. Omer Yuri just could not handle Kofi, right. and, and that was allowing him to, to score on him offensively, get second-chance opportunities, rebound. Um, and Miles Johnson – Brownerwood said in the post game was the difference in the game, and, and when he started to be able to check him and make his catches hard, and also to to keep him off the glass in the second half, that really allowed Rutgers to to limit Illinois' opportunities, uh, but more so give themselves second chances. And you know that's how you put up with yeah. some free throws. That's how you put up fifty four and a half. Adam Miller, the last five games, these are all the high major opponents. Uh, he's averaging under six points a game. Derek shooting. 7 of 22 from 3, if my quick math is right there. And uh, he's got 12 fouls over the last three games. I think he's struggling defensively, and I don't know if that's attached to his offense, but he's he's going to be really good. Uh, and he could be really, really good this season. He certainly needs to be for Illinois to, to reach its ceiling. But what do you think is going, going on with him right now? It's inconsistency. It, it's something that is to be expected, uh, of course, you need him to to be able to play at a higher level to win a game like that. I, I think when you, when you're trying to to win a Big Ten title, when you're playing one of those top contenders, uh, you need him to be able to to step up. Same with Curbelo. Uh, I know that we we saw in the Minnesota game his shot selection is still something that he's trying to work through. And I know late in the game he took a three when. Illinois could have cut it to a one-possession game if he goes to the rim and scores it, and then you foul and hope Rutgers misses some free throws. Uh, defensively, yeah, you saw some mistakes today. Uh, really, it was just a rough game for him at both ends of the floor. And, yeah, it, it's something that isn't too unexpected, but the fact that you don't have an Austin Hutcherson in the rotation right now that, with his injury, uh, that's really placed some pressure on Miller to, to rise his game up and, and be a little more consistent and, and try to beat that running mate, you know, with the Fraser without the sumo. Uh, so I think he'll be fine. Uh, yep. You know, catch and shoot, give me him in the corner uh, on good looks over a lot of, a lot of people in this league. Uh, but he's still got to figure some things out defensively, and um, you know, when those shots aren't there, how to how to make an impact because he was he he was not 
you know, really visible in the game for mu- for much of it, and uh, you can't really afford that. Andre Cabello needs to stay on the court and stop following Derek because when he's in the game, offensively, they're so good, right? I mean, he's got – I know it's a small sample size. It's two games, but he's number two in the Big Ten in offensive efficiency, number two in assist rate. He had five assists uh, in, in 15 minutes today, just unbelievable wraparound passes to Georgie for easy dunks. Uh, he just creates so much offense for them. It's just defensively, you got to deal with it, right? Uh, until he can just be passable. But, but if he gets passable, it's just he's such a spark plug for them. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. The the wraparounds to Georgie two in a row, and it's just an instant offense. And it, it's pretty effortless from him. Uh, and also, I thought he did a good job of, once again, he's playing pretty – you're seeing more and more control out of him on his attacks and not as many turnovers. We saw that against Minnesota uh, in limited sample size today. We saw that. Uh, I know he took a bad, tough mid-range jumper right before he fouled out, but it is at that defensive end of the floor where he has to be able to be better, be, be serviceable. Uh, and that's a really interesting part of, of lineup combinations. Are you going to play him with Frazier? Because either Andre's guarding the, the lead guard who's going to attack or he's got to guard a two guard. So, um, just overall, uh, we again, we knew that with his slight stature and, and not known for being a, a guy that can get a whole lot of stops defensively. And, and look, that's, again, not a whole – not too uncommon for freshmen, but uh, he needs to be able to stay on the floor because I think ideally you want him out there at least 25 minutes a night yeah. with what he's able to do, you know, take pressure off Io, dish it to big guys. Like you said, you're just a better – you're a better team when he's in the game with the way the ball moves and, and what he can set up. And this is kind of like maybe at the end of the season, um, you, you go with you know, Andres Felice in the starting lineup again. So maybe Corbello eventually should be in the starting lineup. But I do like him off the bench right now to give him that, and I know Brad does, uh, to give him that boost. So I, I know people are discussing, do you take Adam Miller out of the starting lineup and put in Corbello? Uh, I'd stick with what you're doing. Because I, I think for for Cabello coming off the bench for now, um, I think it can work. But if it continues to struggle, maybe it's maybe it's a lever you pull there. Yeah, I think it's something that's going to be, you know, an option as, as you go forward. And there are going to be times I'm sure Brad will be tempted at times as as Andre continues to develop. Just the idea of if you're a better team when he's on the court, uh, just not starting the game with maybe your best five man lineup, but. Uh, I, I still maintain, I, I think, that your starters with Trent, Io, Miller, Williams, Kofi, uh, that, that's your best defensive lineup. Yeah. Now, we've, we just talked about Miller as far as some, some issues there, but I, it's just the most natural as far as matching up with teams. And uh, I do think Adam, when, when he's engaged and locked in, is giving good effort and uh, yeah, has done a decent job of stretches defensively. And also he provides floor spacing for when I was working in the pick and roll. Um, but yeah, there's, there's no doubt about it with, with Curbelo uh, and his playmaking. It, it is nice though, to sub that in and get a fresh guy who's, who's able to come and bring that. And I, I like his role right now. I, I don't really have a problem with it. It's just like you yeah. said, uh, staying on the court a little bit longer. All right, Derek Penn state on Wednesday, Indiana at home on Saturday, uh, what's Illinois' record after this week? I think you got to win both. I think you got to win both of those games. Uh, I know Indiana has played fairly well. You know, Kim Palm, they're top 20, and, and they get a they get a win over Butler they're coming off of. Um, but if, uh, offensively, they, they're they still kind of a 
they still kind of struggle mm-hmm. a little bit. I know Trace Jackson Davis has been phenomenal, but outside of him, it's not a team that scares you a whole lot offensively. And I think Illinois with their firepower right now, I know the Indiana really locks up defensively. You, you mentioned it earlier, they'll want to make it a physical game and, and, and all of that. But that's a game on your home floor against a team that you're better than. And then you go to Penn State and look, they, you know, they, they end up beating Virginia Tech, who beat Villanova. They, they hammered them. They, they lost a close one to Seton Hall. They lost a close one to Michigan. So uh, they're decent. They, they still have some pieces that maybe some people have forgotten about from last year. Myron Jones, Miles Dredge, Mari Wheeler. Uh, you know, they'll come to play. They'll come to play against Illinois and see that as an opportunity for them. But, uh, again, Illinois, more talented team. Got to take care of business. You're not dealing with the, the fans on the road in State College. You, you got to go and get that game. So you're not jumping off a ledge yet, Derek? <laughs> I am not personally, no. Okay. No. And uh, I don't know what the uh, – do they play next Sunday? Because if they do, the, the Bears will get another <laughs> win. We, we didn't see any of that or any – I didn't see any of the game last week. And yeah. look at that. Yeah. 2-0 two, two Bears without us watching. I think I guess that needs to, to continue, though. I wish I would have watched because I think I was rooting for the draft pick, but now I think I'm rooting for the playoffs again, Derek. It's a weird year. Might as well embrace it, right? Like, let's let's get this team into the playoffs, and then maybe Mitch has a playoff moment. <laughs> I guess, man. I guess so. I I don't want to see Mitch next year, but um, he might be people playing tell his me way he's looked good. Yeah, I, I haven't seen any of it, but they, they said he's looked pretty good. And yeah, let's let's have some fun. We'll get our hopes up for that Packers game and. <laughs> Probably have them crushed, but uh, the one you know, play that's what we do the one play I've seen the last two weeks that I, I haven't even seen highlights of any of these games yet, Derek. I turned on the TV after Brad Underwood talked and Mitch threw a pick, and I was like, "Oh, mm. is is it real? What people are telling me about how well he's playing? <laughs> I'm happy for him. I'm happy for the guy, but it's just I haven't seen it. I haven't either. I think it's us. It must be us. <laughs> I don't know. Thank you, Derek Piper. Anytime, man. All right. That's Derek Piper, Wanda Enquirer. Check out his stuff at dpiper247. Uh, I gave him the player grades uh, after this one, so he'll have that up soon. It's been a busy week, man. And uh, watch the hoops. We got uh, the breakdown. We got Brad Underwood's presser up if you want to check that out at IlliniEnquirer.com. Thank you for listening to the Illini Enquirer podcast. And don't forget, if you're listening to this Sunday, it's your last chance to get two months of VIP access to Illini Enquirer for just a dollar. And just to give you some of the VIP things we have up today, um, Alan True has a piece on what he thinks Illinois can do recruiting-wise under Brett Bielema. I have six next steps for uh, Illini coach Brett Bielema to take as a coach, including stuff on staffing, uh, including a a few names I've heard bandied about there. Um, And I also have a piece from last night on the end of a weird season for Illinois football, but an unforgettable uh, Illinois football season for many of the wrong ways. Uh, And then Piper has a great mailbag up uh, as well, breaking down basketball, talking some basketball recruiting as well. So your last chance to get uh, two months of Illini Enquirer VIP access for just a dollar. Thank you for listening to the Illini Enquirer podcast. Subscribe to us, rate us, review us. Uh, Tweet out a great review today. Appreciate it whatever kind of feedback you have on those. But we do appreciate mostly the five-star reviews. Helps us out when you do that. Everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time on the Online Enquirer podcast.